going to sing uh, number 353 now. 353. It's good to have our visitors here with us. We're glad you're here. And uh, boy, that was a blessing. Amen. <laughs> Sorry. 353. I, th I thought that was a blessing. Amen. All right. If the world from you withhold of itself Enemies 
sung that one in a while. It was a blessing. Amen. You know, we have the opportunity to worship the Lord with our singing. We've done that a little bit here, and now we have opportunity to worship the Lord with our giving. And uh, so for men, we'll come. We'll, we'll receive our evening offering at this time. need two volunteers. Two volunteers. There we go. Here we go. Amen. And Brandon, why don't you ask the Lord's blessing in the offering, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening. God, thank you for the, the day special this evening. And yes. It's a good singing. Lord, we just pray as we give that we give with the right heart and, uh, and uh, multiply and use it for your honor and glory. Uh, we mean it with that. Lord, we love you. Ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with him within the narrow road? Thank you. 
good singing. Good singing tonight. You know, sometimes I can only hear my voice. You guys were singing so loud, I couldn't hear myself. So if you guys could sing lower next time, I kind of like my voice. Just joking about that, obviously. Uh, I want you to uh, turn with me. Uh, I usually preach from a text. Um, Tonight I am going to be more topical because we had been looking at uh, paradise uh, Sunday night before, and, and uh, we talked about paradise being a place, and I had just been thinking a little bit about, uh, about the devil and, and some of the work that he does. We, we'd talked about demons a little bit, and we live in a world that uh, I do believe in many ways, it's certainly demon-oppressed. And I think there's some people out there who are demon-possessed. And this is just my opinion, uh, though I believe I can back it with Scripture. I try not to give my personal opinions. But uh, I do believe that demons are invited into a person's life. They're invited through gateways. And uh, I believe there's the gateways of drug and alcohol. I believe you're inviting demons into your into your being whenever you give yourself over to those things. I believe pornography is a demon. And, and uh, the Bible talks about uh, strongholds, uh, about demons being in control of strongholds in Ephesians chapter 6. And those are strongholds, okay? So, you know, uh, uh, drugs and alcohol, uh, pornography, anger. Can I tell you, anger can be demonic. And uh, we could take and we could add a, a number of other things. I think... I think the devil's trying to keep everybody uh, depressed. How about you? Honestly, I think there's some demonic depression out there, if you will. And uh, we're going to hit on this and and move on a little bit. But um, uh, I think there's demonic leaders out there. I think there's demonic institutions. By the way, this is not my opinion. A lot of people put it on their logos. Uh, now, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to be clever here, but any of y'all drink Monster Energy drinks? Or is scared to death? Should we be drinking Monster? <laughs> Monster has uh, become arguably one of the most popular brands. I don't know. What would you say, Bo? Can you, do you have any idea of what sells the most? It's got to be one of the more popular brands. I think Coke bought it, if I'm not wrong. And the M on Monster, if you don't know what you're looking at, is just... Uh, uh, an M. The only problem is, is it's truly three yodes, okay, which is, uh, it's just a Hebrew letter, but Hebrew letters also have number equivalents. Anybody want to guess what number equivalent yod is? And it's 666 right there on the can, okay? And most people don't know that. Most people say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. There, there are literally companies that have dragons for their for their logos, and there's even a lot of companies that have 666 for their company address, believe it or not. And, and so, if you will, in a lot of ways, they, they try to not even hide it, and their point is this, is, ah, oh, that's just mythology, that's just make-believe, that's just stuff that preachers preach to make you afraid or make you scared. But no, we genuinely have people who are demon-possessed demon oppressed. Does anybody know the difference? I guess I'm going off my notes right off the bat here. Does anybody know the difference between demon possessed and demon oppressed? Yeah. One is literally living inside you, uh-huh. where, where the whole spirit should be. And then the other one is where 
Yeah, very good. Can a very good. So a Christian can be oppressed. And by the way, you give yourself over to sin, you're dealing with the same devils they are. The only difference is if you're saved, uh, we have that verse, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the Bible says if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're none of his. You're not saved. And so we have that protection, but I will tell you this, they cannot possess you, but they could certainly make your life miserable. And the same person who is demonically... Um, um, anxious or demonically depressed, okay? Well, you can have a Christian who is demonically oppressed and still dealing with anxiety and depression. And how do we deal with those things, okay? Uh, how do we deal with those things in our society? Well, we medicate it. And folks, medication, all it does is it makes it so your body cannot respond to those, if you will, impulses, all right? And so the tragic truth is there's some school districts, this is true, there are some school districts that over half of the boys in the school district are on um, HD, ADHD medication. And what does it do? Well, it makes it so that they can't reason, and it makes it so that they can't, if you will, deal with problems that children have and into adolescence and into their teen years. And then a lot of times they'll get out of school, stop taking the medicine, and guess what they get to do in their 20s? They get to deal with child issues and child problems that they should have dealt with in their, in their youth and their adolescence and their teens. And so my whole point is this, and, 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 and listen, please don't get me wrong, I, I do believe there's a such thing as medicine, but I do believe that you better be very careful about dealing with a spiritual issue with a medicine. You don't have to amen me. Nobody's going to amen me. So that means I need to stomp on it a little bit. Why? Because, folks, I don't, I don't believe things. Don't, I don't preach things I don't believe. And I'm just telling you, if it's medicine, it's medicine. That's good. But make sure it's medicine. You all understand? Make sure it's medicine. Okay? And so medicine is acceptable. But a shortcut, that's just giving in to the devil and, and, and his ways. Okay? And so, if you will... Um, uh, I'm thinking about changing my message here. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, uh, let's look at it real quick. Let's do that. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, if you will, and verse 21, the Bible describes, uh, it's talking about Jesus here, and uh, uh, we... Uh, just to teach here, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've been studying John. John teaches that Jesus is God, okay? Well, Mark teaches Jesus is a servant, okay? And so G uh, the book of Mark actually has more accounts of his life than any other book, okay? They might be shorter, but he, they're given every account of his life, and it's, it's really kind of the best framework for all the other Gospels if you're going to take and coordinate them. And, uh, and so you have, in this text, you have most of the accounts when Jesus had to deal with demon-possessed people, okay? Now, we know Paul did also, but just for this message here. And so, if you will, it's talking about Jesus here, and he's talking about this. The Bible says, and they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Is he possessed or oppressed? 
The Bible says he has. He, he's, this is possessing him. This cried with a loud voice. He, he, he came out of him. And, and so, if you will, you see, uh, the, if you will, the possession of this child, amen, and how it had tried to harm him and tried to destroy him. We'll, we'll talk about this just uh, quickly here. But, uh, uh, by the way, when people are like this, they're not the only ones impacted. How many of you all think their family was impacted? How many of you all think their school was impacted? By the way, where were they? They were in a synagogue. How many of you all think their church was impacted? And, and, and so, if you will, uh, the, the multitudes, in another place, the Bible says, the multitudes were impacted, if you will. And, and so, the Bible is talking about here the impact that demons have on people's lives, okay? Now, a lot of people would just say, oh, they need to go a psychiatrist, or they, or, or they, and by the way, psychiatrist, break down the word, is from the word, the Greek word, suke, which means soul. If you will, they're doing soul surgery. And take this the right way, but don't you think that God gave us something for doing soul surgery? Amen. As a matter of fact, the Bible says when he spoke the word, then he was delivered. And I would just tell you this, that the word of God can take and deliver a soul from these things. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The word of God is greater. God is greater. Satan is powerful, but God is greater. But we need to acknowledge that it's a reality. And folks, all you got to do is look around and see... Anybody remember what we used to call gay people? Let's not get creative here. <laughs> but one of the words we used to use was pervert. Does anybody know why we use the word pervert? It's really, it's a good word. It's a good word. Why did we use the word pervert? Nobody wants to guess here. We used the word, by the way, how many of y'all think somebody would be offended if you called them a pervert today? Okay. It's actually, of all the words that somebody could be called of that persuasion, it's probably the best and most accurate word. And the reason is, is because they have perverted the natural order. God created men to be men. i, I got to tell you, a lot of you started grinning this morning. That, that I went to shake hands at a couple of the young men. You heard me preach a couple months ago. Is never shake a man's what hand what? without standing up, and these young men stood up, and they looked me in the eye, and they gave me a firm handshake. Can I just tell you this? It's nice when young men act like young men. And it's nice when young ladies act like young ladies. And it's nice when the relationships that they have are ordained of God. The marriage bed is undefiled. And everything else is a perversion. Y'all understand that? Now, who would want to take and pervert truth in the right way? Well, that would be the devil, would it not? You remember how he started and if you will, he started by saying, Yea, hath God said. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to twist. He's trying to pervert the scriptures. Amen. And the problem is, is when people take and they embrace that and they buy into that, they're inviting that demonic influence. Okay? Now, uh, you remember God told Adam and Eve, The day that you eat of it, thou shalt surely die. Did they die? Yes, they did. Did they die? Yes, they did. Okay, the only problem is you couldn't see it. And so a lot of people believe, well, if you can't see it, you don't know they might have been born that way. No, you know how I know they were born? Because the Bible says God made them male and female. Male and female made he them. I'm not trying to be critical, folks, but we're sitting inside of a Baptist church. We ought to be able to embrace the fact that God created a male and female, not be afraid what people think. Amen. Okay, he created a male 
and he created them female. And the proper relationship is the marriage bed, if you will, that God has ordained. And there's a proper way about going about marriage. Amen. And, and people wonder why their lives are a wreck. They wonder why their lives are a mess. They wonder why they have that anxiety. They wonder why they have that depression. And they're taking and they're playing with the devil in the devil's field. And then they wonder why their lives are a mess. And they say, well, give me a pill to fix it. Okay. Well, please take this the right way. But all the pill can do is mask it. All the pill can do is mask it. You, you know what you ought to do for young men to help them out? Teach them how to be a young man. Stand up. Look somebody in the eye. Speak with a deep voice. And I'm not joking about that. By the way, if you notice, I'm not joking tonight. <laughs> Amen? Use your deep voice. Keep your word. Work hard. Stink. Please take this the right way. Young men don't have odor anymore. Ugh! <laughs> All right? Young ladies, have manners. Amen? Now, we don't curtsy anymore, and I'm not going to try to do it because I'll do it wrong, and you guys will never forget it. But young ladies ought to have young lady-type manners. You ought to expect a young man to open the door for him. Boy, I've gotten way down this rabbit trail. But folks, when you don't go according to God's natural order, you invite the perversion that leads to the demonic influence, that leads to the oppression, and if a person's not saved, the possession. I was thinking about this, and the whole purpose for this introduction is, is to talk about Satan. Because we talked about heaven, if you will, and so I want you to, to take, and I want you to go to Revelation, please, chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. And um, let me find it here. Okay, there we go. Revelation 20 and verse 10. And the Bible says this, it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. By the way, how did the Bible start? The devil deceived them. How does the Bible end? The devil that deceived them. How many of y'all think the devil's read the Bible? Anybody here ever gotten recently, we've talked about this a lot, but anybody here recently gotten into a discussion with somebody who follows a cult? And my definition of a cult would be like the, uh, the Jehovah's Witness or the Mormons. Or, and I was talking with a young lady this last week, and she made the same observation. How many of y'all know this? Don't get in an argument with those folks. Why? Pardon me? I tell you what they do. They know what they believe about the Bible more than most Christians do. Shame on us. Shame on us. We ought to know our Bible well enough to be able to talk to them. But I will promise you this. You don't want to get in an argument with them because they will take and drive you to all their verses. Amen? Well, please take this the right way. They have twisted the scriptures. And the Bible says what? When they rest the scriptures, they do it to their own destruction. Okay? And so if you will, uh, the Bible here, again, verse 10, uh, the Bible says... Uh, 
the devil that deceived them, okay, the one, and they start, he's, he's been doing all he can to deceive from the beginning. The Bible says, was cast into a lake of fire and brimstone. I asked you this question, how many of y'all think he's read the Bible? How many of y'all think he knows he's going to end up in the lake of fire? Then why is he still fighting? Why is he still fighting? I don't know about you, but a defeated enemy, once, once you're defeated, you're defeated. Quit, go home, give up, take your ball home. <laughs> I can't win. No, young men don't do that. You finish the game. <laughs> I'm serious about that. <laughs> take your beating. I'm not moving on until we amen that one. <laughs> I think that's important. You've got to learn how to lose, too. Okay, but you guys understand my point. Why doesn't the devil quit? He's no, he knows he's a defeated enemy. He knows, he knows, he knows. We'll, we'll come back to that. The Bible says this. It says, and I saw a great white throne. Okay, so right now the devil and the beast and the false prophet, they're all in the lake of fire. Okay? And now there's a great white throne judgment. Saved people or lost people at the great white throne? Only lost. True? Listen, I'm not giving too much, am I? Only lost. Amen? All right, amen. The Bible says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, say it with me, and there was found no place for them. You remember that when we looked at this last time, when we looked at paradise is a place. Paradise is a place, amen. And if you will, it's coming to the end of the world, and God says, there is no place for you. There's no place. I'm not trying to make too much of that word place there, but my whole point is this, is he knows there's coming a day where he loses everything. I was thinking about that, and I I thought, what in the world can motivate him? We we asked this question here a couple of weeks ago. When did he fall? Well, he, he fell somewhere after the sixth day, after the seventh day, well, I don't know about that. And by the way, I don't know about the after the sixth day, but I assume after the sixth day. I think, I think God created everything. Matter of fact, I, I believe it was after the seventh day. And this, sorry, working things out on the fly here. But uh, why? Remember when he created everything, what God say at the end of the sixth day? It was very good. Very good. Okay. So Satan fell after that. Okay. Satan fell after that. Uh, but uh, so I do believe he was created in those six days and then he fell from his position. We've been talking about it a lot here, so I'm not going to go into it. And, and he fell from his wonderful position. And so what's the first thing he does? He says, well, I've lost everything. How many of y'all think he knows he's condemned? And so he goes into the Garden of Eden to do what? Nothing more than to be mean. And so, you know, the only thing that's going to make God happy is if these people spend eternity with him. So I'm going to do all that I can to make it so that they can't go. And folks, I, here's the whole thing. He's not just our adversary, but uh, he's not just uh, adversary is Satan. Devil is deceiver. Does anybody know what Apollyon means? Because he, he's the destroyer of lives. And can I just tell you, Satan has a lot of names just like God has a lot of names. Why? So that you can understand what he's doing. And he literally, in the Garden of Eden, said, I'm just going to destroy their lives. I'm going to do all I can to destroy their lives. And if I do that enough, maybe I'll make God unhappy. I don't know. I, don't, I honestly, I don't know. 
So, if you will, we, we see maybe that's his motivation. Let's talk about Satan's fall. Go to Isaiah chapter 14, just real quick. We're going to have to hit some of this real fast now. Okay. Isaiah chapter 14, and look at verse 12. And this is talking about the king of Babylon, but it's very clearly talking about Satan here. Okay? It's very clearly talking about Satan. Okay? And here's what I want you to see. We can read the end of the book just like he can and say, well, we know where he's going to end up. Can I tell you, he's known longer than that. He's no longer than that. And so in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12, the Bible says this. It says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? By the way, there, there's some irony there because think about that. Lucifer, son of the morning, that was his most exalted, highest position. It is his name or was his name, amen. Of course, now he's, you know, that doesn't apply because he's not, he's not a good angel now. He's a bad angel. And uh, the Bible says, how art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the... Interesting. Anybody know another translation for the word nations? I'm not trying to correct your Bible. I'm trying to get you to see something. Another way of translating the word nations is by saying the word Gentile. And Gentiles, are they associated with believers or unbelievers? Unbelievers. Okay. And so if you will, how have you weakened those unbelievers. Now, don't make too much of that, but I believe that's true. I believe that's a good, a good translation there, okay? At least a good understanding of what's going on there. And so, uh, again, it says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation the sides of the north. By the way, is he ever going to do that? Please remember, it always depends on your perspective. Does God have a throne in heaven? Let me ask you this. Does God have a throne anywhere else? You see it? If I can get somebody to worship me, if I can get somebody to put me on the throne, then that's good enough. I just thought of that. You know the next part, next part, the kings of the earth walk by and they shake their heads. <laughs> are thou become weak as we are? Are you become like one of us? And can I say this? He, he knew, and he knows for a long time he's known that eventually he's going to be in that lake of fire. But you know what he said? As long as I can rule and reign in somebody's heart. How many of y'all, if you were a father, let's all imagine this, we're all fathers right now. How many of y'all would want your son to be successful and blessed and benefited? Y'all with me? Do you realize that the father, the devil, year of your father, the devil, lost people, amen, literally wants your destruction. Amen. That's mean. Amen. He just wants your destruction. He doesn't care about your good. He doesn't care about your well-being. In some ways, he doesn't even care about your worship. Why? Because when you're done worshiping, you're just going to die and go to hell. <laughs> he doesn't even care about that. He just wants to rule and reign in your heart. 
That's Satan's fall. What's Satan's focus? I want you to think about this. Uh, go to Revelation chapter 12. The Bible tells us what Satan's focus is. What do you think Satan's focus is before you get there? What's the one thing he's, he wants to do? If he could do one thing, what would it be? And by the way, he can't do one thing. But if there's one thing he could do, he could accomplish, what would it be? Conquer God or conquer the person of Jesus Christ. And by the way, if Jesus Christ cannot be born and live a perfect life and die a substitutionary death, you can't go to heaven. So what is his focus? Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Anybody know who that is? Anybody know who that is? If I give you the hint of it's in the book of Genesis chapter 37. Anybody know who that is? By the way, a lot of people say, it's so hard to understand the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation might be one of the easiest books to understand. Why? Because every illustration in it can be interpreted by another illustration already in your Bible. If you don't know who it is, go to Genesis chapter 37, please. Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, look at verse 9. And there's a guy named Joseph, and he had a dream. Y'all with me? And he described the dream, and he said, in verse 9, he dreamed yet another dream, and behold, it was uh, told it to his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. You guys know what obeisance means? He, they all started bowing down to me. And his own dad comes up and says, are you saying we're going to bow down to you, Joseph? You can understand his brothers being mad, but his father gave the interpretation. Amen. And he says, you're saying, by the way, who is Joseph and the 12 brothers known as today? Nation of Israel. And we talked about it this morning that Jesus has to come from the line of the tribe of Judah. The line of the tribe of Judah. Amen? That's what he called him. All right? So what is Satan's focus? Well, his focus is Israel. By the way, is his focus still on Israel today? You need to be paying attention to what's going on in Israel right now, folks. You need to be paying attention. Uh, the next thing he was focused on was the child that was going to be born out of Israel. Verse 2, the Bible says, And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. Meaning what? Jesus wanted to be born. By the way... Did the devil try to kill Jesus while he was in Mary's womb? I'm asking some tough ones tonight. Did he try to kill Jesus while he was in Mary's womb? What do you think Joseph was contemplating? Now, he was going to put her away privately. But if that thing got found out, what could have happened to her? Taken outside the city and stoned her to death. So my whole point is this, is folks, I could preach a whole message and it would, there would be many, many, many times where Satan did all he could to make it so that Jesus Christ could not be born. Why? Because that's his focus. 
See, that's why he's focused on Israel. That's why he's focused on his child. And then it talks about, if you will, uh, 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 Satan himself in verse 3. And the Bible says, There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. For sake of time, I, I won't go there, but that's the, the beast, the Antichrist. That's, that's Satan. A amen. You can see that in Revelation chapter 13 and Daniel chapter 7 if you want to study it. And then the Bible says he drew one-third of the stars out of heaven. Uh, the interpretation for that is one-third of the angels became demons with him, okay, if you will. They were cast out of heaven. And, and now they got nothing better to do than to what? Than to attack Israel and to attack Jesus. Amen. That's his focus. That what is what he's trying to do. By the way, isn't it amazing? There was a child this last week got in trouble in school. You guys ever seen that uh, flag? It's yellow. And it's a snake, and it says, don't tread on me. It's, it was a revolutionary flag basically signifying freedom. And uh, this young boy was told he had to go home because that flag was offensive, and they didn't want it brought. Folk, that flag represents one thing, freedom. I don't know about you, but I'm not offended by freedom. You know what flag is allowed in that school? The devil's against anything Christ-like. Can I ask you a question? Can you have a Bible study in school today? You can have a student-led. You know what you can do with a student-led Bible study? You can actually have a preacher come in and teach a student-led Bible study as long as they're invited in. Amen. How many of you all feel like most people don't think that's true? Why? Well, Christians aren't welcome in school. Well, we've believed the lie enough that it's become reality. Amen. The devil hates Christ, and he hates Israel, and that is the focus of his attention. And all you got to do is watch the news to see that it's true. It's still true. We see Satan's fall and Satan's focus. We see Satan's fighters. What do I mean by that? I, please forgive me for the alliteration, but it helps for memory sometimes. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world, right? But he's also warned you that they're going to keep coming at you. So in verse 10, you know this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, the wiles of the devil, his deceits. Okay, and what's his deceits? His deceit is to get into your mind. That's to get into your soul. You all understand that? Okay. And, and, and so if you will, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And, and so all those people that you think are your enemies, you need to realize that they have spirits... Especially if they're possessed in them, okay? People like to laugh that rock and roll music is, that we say there's something evil about it. Well, yeah, it can be. Absolutely can be. Uh, listen, drugs can be medicine or they can be satanic. You guys understand that? And, and, and so if you will, the Bible says here, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not the things. It's not the people. 
It's the things behind them. I, I don't even want to say things. It's the spirits behind them. You know, the Bible says, and I didn't write it down, but behind every idol is a spirit. Behind every idol is a spirit, an evil spirit. Not a, not a good angel, <laughs> but an evil spirit, okay? Uh, why? Because idolatry is worshiping of Satan, okay, if you will. And so the Bible says again, but we wrestle against principalities. I told you that. That's like archangels and the devil himself. Against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and if I ever just preached a whole message on that, I, I'd tell you what that is. But it, it's, it's areas of control. It's areas of responsibility that demons have. How many of you all realize that there are some demons that are actually in charge of territories, areas? Oh, amen. There are some wicked countries in this world. Amen. And the Bible says there's demons behind those. Amen. Would to God we'd pray that maybe we got a good, strong angel in America. You say we don't need one. Israel does. And the Bible says that Michael is going to battle with their enemies on a regular basis. Amen. We need to realize what's going on. Do we believe this is a fairy tale or do we believe this is real? Okay. And so Satan's fall, Satan's focus, Satan's fighters, and then Satan's fools. Why? Have you all read the end of the book? How many of you all, if you knew you were going to die and go to hell, would want to get up every morning and keep fighting for the same captain? Amen. And people do it every day. Until they don't. What happens to somebody who gets too depressed? What happens to somebody when the anxiety gets to be too much? What happens to a person when they realize the drugs aren't working anymore? in a world full of people that when the devil who is real exacts a high enough price they say I'm done playing this game and you know the sad truth is then they just end up where the devil is anyway and medicine can take away the temptation or medicine can take away the behavior and medicine can maybe make you behave better in public, but medicine can't fix the problem. Do you know who can fix the problem? Well, what's your question? Because I know the answer. Jesus is the answer. We already saw Satan's finish. And Satan's finish is this is that he ends up in the lake of fire forever. And I, I just, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to see there. I think it's going to be utter darkness. I mean, I don't believe there's going to be any light there. But how many of y'all know this? Everybody there is going to know one person there. Satan. Y'all with me? And they're going to think, you became weak like us? Amen? I haven't preached it yet, but how many of y'all believe Satan can do miracles. Folks, 
we're reading through the story of Exodus, Satan does miracles in that book. <laughs> he said, well, he can't do them anymore. What? The Bible says that we're in a spiritual warfare. Amen. And sometimes we as Christians, hey, I'm saved. I'm greater as he is. Praise the Lord. But I'm telling you, we're living in a world that has been perverted by the devil simply by questioning what is true. Amen? And I will promise you this, that there are people in this world who are searching for answers. And I also promise you this, you're going to find people that have tried the devil's answers. Okay? And they're going to say, this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. And you say, listen, I can introduce you to a man who can answer all your questions. Do you have anxiety? Cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. How about this one? I, I, I have anger, just so much anger. Well, be angry and sin not. Well, how can you do that? By knowing Christ. Amen? I, I have nothing to live for. Like, can I just tell you this? If you know Jesus, you have everything to live for. Amen. And folks, I, I, just, I, just, I just saw so much wickedness this week. I mean, some of the things that are going on in our schools should make you sick, folks. Because they have invited the devil in and we are being invited out. And I, I will tell you, some of it, I'll just say it this way. I just have a burden for those people. I wonder if you could hire a Baptist preacher to teach a class in a school. But you can hire a transvestite. They hired two of them in a school district this last week or this last year. Okay. And folks, how many of y'all realize that's becoming normal for our kids? And so when we say that's perverted, they say, who are you to judge? Amen. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And folks, we have the truth. We need to realize that we have a very real spiritual enemy, and he's doing all he can to pervert people's minds so that they don't think right. And the Bible talks about in the book of Romans that, if you will, they're given over to a reprobate mind. You've, you've heard me preach this, literally a brain that does not function properly anymore. And, folks, that's the world we're living in. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But until then, uh, help me now. What's the best way to fight a very real spiritual enemy? The Word of God. Very good. Not avoiding. Don't walk over there. Okay. There's one other one you're forgetting. Prayer. Can I, can I put one in between that? Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. And folks, realize this, that prayer is kind of like the artillery. Amen? And I don't know about you, I don't want to do any hand-to-hand -hand combat with the devil. But I tell you what would be nice to take and to pray and that God would give victory to our young people, that give victory to our friends who have, uh, folks, 
how come the Jehovah's Witness Church is growing so big, the Mormon Church is growing so big, and all the mainline denominations are slowly but surely wasting away? Well, I tell you why, we've, we've abandoned what works, and we've abandoned what works as a society. Folks, we're in a spiritual warfare. Let's never forget that. And let's get busy about God's business while we still have a chance. Let's all stand. You know, I, a lot of times I don't tell you how you should pray. But I, I would say this. I bet everybody in this room knows somebody losing that battle. I'm not trying to be melodramatic, folks, but uh, we went home today and, and had to have a conversation about one who did. This is all too real. We need to be praying for one another. And we need to ask God to make a difference while we can. I have lost my number. 252, I think 252 was a number. Of course it was. You have the other list. (laughs) 252. Listen, the altars are open. Maybe you just want to come pray for someone. You come as we sing.